0: Hello and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of The Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hey friends, thanks for listening in. This week I've got a incredible woman uh, in Orlando and... Um, who doesn't love some day drinking? So all in all, I feel like it was a very successful time. Um, we have a drink that is so summery and tropical. I don't know how it could be more summery. It is now summer here in this lovely state of Florida. So we did a... and doesn't really have a special name, but it's just like a mango pineapple gin and tonic. Uh, about an ounce and a half of Waterloo Number no. 9 gin so easy to drink and then an ounce of mango puree and then an ounce of uh it's actually probably more like 0.75 of pineapple puree and then half an ounce of thyme simple syrup shake all that up in a shaker and then pour into a collins glass of sorts over ice with a top of tonic water my favorite, as you know. So, so easy. Great for poolside drinks. Great for really anytime, really. So hopefully you enjoy it. And hopefully you enjoy my friend, Corinne. Um, she is the owner-founder of Alchemy uh, Salon in Orlando, Florida, which has been going since... 1998 so I guess now if my math serves me about 22 to 23 years um I uh would say alchemy is the most creative salon um as far as hair goes in central Florida in Orlando she's incredible the people that work there I've I've been there um and yeah she invests in her folks and loves collaborating with artists and tries to i think push the hair game in orlando which i am all about so she's lived and learned a lot about owning a small business and um has loads of fascinating stories so i just want to share some with you and i hope you will enjoy hi welcome to cocktails and conversation, grin Thank you for being here. Uh, cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks for doing a little bit of day drinking with me. <laughs> morning drinking and some morning drinking. I okay. think we're well. Um, it's a Friday, so I think that we've earned a little morning drinking mm-hmm. today.
1: Mm-hmm. Drinking is kind of like mm. something you earn, isn't it? So good. <laughs> For somewhat me.
0: a little bit it's yeah it's like a treat for sure so this morning we're having mango pineapple gin and tonics with waterloo gin mm. some mango puree pineapple puree a little bit of thyme simple syrup that i made and then a little bit of tonic water yum and a little yep. bite of fresh pineapple so i know We'll have a little treat, <laughs> chef's treat, whenever we want. Mm, cheers! I'll have mm. a mm. All good. <laughs> so, I would like to know from you if there is any cocktail or beverage or um, a go-to drink that you love. It is a treat, maybe at the end of a day or at a party or on a weekend. Is there anything that you go to as far as like this is my drink? I just always will love it. Um, mm-hmm. there, it could be cocktail, it could be I like
1: Well, coffee is a okay. staple, but I, as far as alcohol goes, it would be tequila and either tonic with lots of lime mm-hmm. or one of those like orange Pellegrinos.
0: Yum. Yeah. Yes. I. Those it, are so good. Mm. The San Pellegrinos, the flavored ones. Uh Oh yes. Especially they have like a blood orange one. That's it. That's the one. one. That is (laughs) (laughs) I have it in my pantry. Oh what? Next time I I don't have tequila. Yeah. We'll, we'll get some tequila, and then we'll have those together uh, yes. by the pool. Can we? Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Come <laughs> slide down my slide, right? Come down your slide, your slide, because my slide, sadly, that is, yeah.
1: I think it's probably like <clears throat> a uh, bathtub where you can probably get it covered. <laughs>
0: So, side note, this has obviously nothing to do with this podcast, but I just got a call back yesterday because we've been, like, calling around town to try to figure out it's a fiberglass slide, so I want to refurbish it so badly, Mm -hmm. but they just, they, uh, this pool company called back and they're they're like, there is nobody that will refurbish a fiberglass slide. And they're like, it's just... Do we cuss on this podcast? Say what? Do we cuss? No. Sure. Okay. Yeah. People can can be free to be themselves yeah absolutely (laughs) anyway i digress so uh around town um obviously we're all in different places and um as we're growing into spaces and more freedom to be able to be out and about where would be like a a spot or two around town that you would love to grab a drink with a friend
1: stardust stardust thousand percent okay the only that's your go-to yeah the only place you drink uh a favorite place you drink Well, Well, really. I mean, I, yeah, it's the only place I drink. It's in my neighborhood. It's like close to my house. The drinks are strong. The people are beautiful. And I don't mean the way they look. They're just like,
0: you know, it's just my
1: my home away from home. Yes. The coffee and the booze. Yeah.
0: There you go. It's a one stop shop Mm -hmm. for you. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you, um, ever, like, like, besides, like, uh, the blood orange and tequila, like, at home, do you ever, are you, like, a home bartender or mostly just go out to grab drinks or what is your drinking format?
1: Drinking (laughs) format is usually if I drink, I drink too much. So, I don't
0: typically
1: drink. Have
0: it very often? Yeah. So, it's,
1: you know, it's like a party whenever I do. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um... So, but, you know, occasionally I'll just go to Stardust after work mm-hmm. when I work a late night on Fridays and I'll just have a drink. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You enjoy and then my it. neighbor, Lexi, we're talking about, yes. um, she makes a mean drink. So she'll come
0: over with all the fixings. and sometimes make a drink on yeah. a Sunday
1: afternoon while the kids are swimming.
0: That's a treat.
1: But as far as rituals,
0: it's, you
1: know... I would say well right now you know we're not out
0: much much right Absolutely. so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. out so of friends out of friends that's where I'll drink yes safe um, place
1: summers,
0: Have a drinks you know
1: summers the friend group is kind of small uh-huh you know even before this yeah pandemic yeah it was pretty small too I guess mm-hmm. Stardust and my friends
0: yes mm-hmm. those are good spots to be found at. Especially Summers. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many great places to lounge. Summer Rodman, that is. Summer Rodman. We're. The Summer Rodman. Uh-huh. Yes. She's so wonderful. Um, that is awesome, and it sounds like a lot of fun. And great places, too. Enjoy? Yeah. yeah I mean, I every time too. you go to Stardust, there's some... Somebody. Yeah. Something. Yes. Yeah. You know, interesting. I went for the first time um, a couple weeks ago, and I've been back, but... Um, on Monday nights when they have the market, I hadn't been to the market in quite a long time. Oh, so On good. Monday nights, yeah. yeah. Got some fresh, fresh veggies, and that is such a beautiful offering to Orlando, like that Monday night market. Yep. You know what I mean?
1: Gabby Lothrop. Yes. Do you know Gabby? her?
0: Of course, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw her and Mike uh, when I went a couple oh, weeks ago. God. Nice. Yeah. So she it was so good to see her. Mm hmm.
1: So yeah, yeah, she set that up she and did. it's like legit. Like it everybody is. there is, yeah. you know, it's not one for everybody. It's one for
0: back everybody. in the day, a million years ago, I used to sell like vintage and like do st- styling and stuff, other people's property. And so I used to set up there like this was 2009, 2010. You're down with OPP. Down with OPP, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Yeah. So I got my start with that. Setting up at, at um, that market, like 2000, 2009. Cool. Yeah, she was so wonderful and so supportive. And and I would, like, pack everything up and sweat it out. But it was just so fun to chat with people and just to be out there. And mm-hmm. sometimes I sold stuff, sometimes not. <laughs> but I was like, I just... This is such a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, we will um, keep on going. But I love the idea of how people have gotten into the spaces and places that they kind of have landed in and we're always evolving so you know maybe we'll be somebody else in the future but it's fun to kind of realize the steps and the stories of how people have gotten into the path that they're on you know I don't Feel like You know, some people might, but I just feel like we don't really get a choice on where we're plopped in this universe. We're just plopped here and we don't choose our family of origin. We don't choose our DNA. We're just kind of like um, set in the universe. And then we have to figure it out. We're all figuring it out from there. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that shape us along the way, you know, family of origin and, and life and our DNA and just all the things. And so I would love to kind of hear a little bit about your story of kind of like what it was like to grow up in your Orlando. family, in Orlando, and then what your kind of household felt like as you were growing up, you know, in your early years, maybe till like about 10 or so, kind of like, what was your your family story?
1: Oh, wow. So, okay. We were in Brooklyn, okay, Benzinghurst. And then my dad studied dentistry and came here to be a dentist in the Air Force, which was then oh. MCL. Okay. So we started when I was like about three. Our family started here. There's five of us. I'm the oldest. Okay. Okay. So, so here.
0: there's five of us.
1: I'm no kidding. Oh I have
0: yeah, four, that's a whole another conversation. Four younger right? brothers.
1: I have three younger brothers and a baby sister. She's 15 years younger. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I think they try to keep their marriage together by having another couple
0: kids, okay. <laughs> which worked for about 10 years. Right. <laughs> okay. So... Um, so you've been in Orlando since three? Yeah. Okay. Like really so bad. New York wasn't, like, a big um, influence in that way, because you are
1: Right. Except for oh, yeah. he's Sicilian, and she's Maltese, and,
0: you know, like... Sure. That culture uh-huh. was obviously with you. Right. But you landed in Orlando. But having... Uh, three
1: brothers and being the daughter of a Sicilian, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, what shaped me in that way, I guess. Can't wear uh, two piece bathing suits, Uh can't mow the yard, can't drive the boat, you know, because I'm the girl. Whoa. Yeah, well, that didn't sit right. Right. <laughs> if we're talking about a story. Right. And how I got to where I am. I guess, yeah. You know. Absolutely. So I think that was, that was big as far as like where we came from and where he came from, mm-hmm. you know, like.
0: So that culture kind of like really was pretty very strong, like in your family, like that Italian. Um, oh, yeah. The, the like familia, I was the daughter of a Sicilian. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, as well as he,
0: and his, his family and a mm. girl. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. How did that fare with your family dynamics? Um, what do you mean? Like I
1: was, um, you know, I rebelled. Okay. If that's what you mean. Like, right. so yeah, I just like became more and more my own person. Mm-hmm. And as a young person in their teens, that's a terrible idea.
0: um you're preaching to the choir
1: so yeah yeah um it was very rough for all of us Mm -hmm. having me trying to like find my way without any support so you know I was basically just bucking every system that was created for me okay you know getting kicked out of schools and
0: you know blah 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 how did your parochial schools kind of nonetheless what? How was your mom kind of like in that? Was she um like she was? She, you know,
1: her kids are everything,
0: right?
1: And I uh, was, gosh, the story. So she's the kind of mom that would stand up for her kids without actually looking into the story. Mm. So she would like I can remember her in high school like busting in, guns blazing. Yes, to the class that the teacher was like really mean and being like you're not gonna fuck with my kid because you know I'd come home in tears because this person was so mean but I'm also like pushing buttons constantly so (laughs) there was this constant battle right every once in a while you'd find like a dean that got me
0: in right like who who were you in like middle school how did you show up that was like the worst years of my life same year Really? Seventh grade to this day, worst year of my life. Well, right. Except for 2018. My dad. Was, I was. My dad has way Oh. Uh, but to, but besides 2018, seventh grade. Yes. Worst year. Okay. And it's part of eighth grade. Worst. Well, actually,
1: I've found my way in the eighth grade. I okay. went to, you know, they took us out of Park Maitland. I was in the third oh, grade. Best okay. school years of my life were yeah. Park Maitland. And I had a brother who needed special schools, so it cost more. So being brother number one <laughs> went to a pro- uh, uh, public school. Thank you. Okay. We got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, June at 10 in the morning. June at 10 in the morning. Okay. there um, you go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we went back into parochial school in 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay. So I go and it was like, uh, the popular kids were like, yeah, this one girl's like, I'll take her around, you know? And then they decided they didn't want to be my friend. And so when I went out, you know, to say, Hey, um, to my friends one day, they like ran away from me and I started running towards them and then I realized yeah. they were running away from me. And I was like, so that whole year was figuring out Why? I don't know what I was figuring out, but it really affected me. By eighth eighth grade, I was having a great time with one other girl. Okay. We were in sports. We were better than everybody else at everything. Right. Except school. Fair enough. I heard she's the principal of that parochial school now, too. How interesting. Your friend or the... Yeah, the friend.
0: The mean girls.
1: Yeah, the mean girls, I've done all their hair. For oh, throughout the 20, 30 years I've been doing hair. Oh, I've eventually done all of their hair. It's like crazy, right? How, yeah. what happens when you so grow up in a small town and it a becomes- full
0: circle? Whoa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what sports did Wait, you, Wait, how do we get into this? Um, what sports? Well, I was pretty athletic, mostly gymnastics. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but that was like before school sports. Okay. And swimming
0: and swimming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was on the swim team in middle school. I didn't do it in high school. Same. I mean, had, I, I, it was a summer swim team. It wasn't like, um...
1: Yeah, same. School we had a first Me and my brothers all did swimming. And right. So good. I could do a double backflip on the floor before I quit gymnastics. Right.
0: Oh, the days. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So how did you transition into high school because high school I feel like is also some pretty transformative and um you know years that you're figuring yourself out in a way yeah I just figured out that I didn't I, was I wasn't like anyone else horrible teenager yeah <laughs> yeah personally but I want to hear about your high I started school. a bishop Moore,
1: and that did not go well okay because I didn't fit into what the teachers wanted what
0: the kids wanted okay was your family Catholic yeah being Sicilian. Mm-hmm. okay
1: so yeah, and then I have a brother who's one year younger, who's brilliant. He's, you know, he follows the rules. It's amazing. Mm. He's a dentist. He's a dentist. Yeah, and he. I'm you know, looking he just for a dentist. Did everything. Is he right. John, Dr. John Gemicia.
0: Is he local? A popka. A popka.
1: Okay. It's not close, but he's such a good
0: dentist. Right. I, literally I mean, like, booked best. a dentist appointment what? yesterday. You did? Yeah. But I mean, highly recommend. I can cancel it, but I'm like I've jump. been asking friends. I'm like I need a good dentist,
1: and he's like a comedy act when you get your teeth done. <laughs> oh, and you can get nitrous mm. if you want when you get your teeth clean, which I love. Okay, to go to outer space. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Huh? Okay, I have to keep this in mind. So in high school, you were. Like, did you have... Were you in the same school? Like, did you have the same John, friend? Yeah. Well, or my
1: friends I, would date him, I okay. guess. Yeah. Well, high school, like I said, I left
0: Bishopmore. To go to... Lyman. Lyman. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I had a lot better experience there, but still didn't do well. And I actually found out at about 40 that I have learning disabilities. No, it was 30. No, it was 40. At 30, I had a a therapist tell me, oh my gosh, you're really intelligent. I'm like, no, I didn't graduate high school. I couldn't. Oh, and so, really? And so she was like, no, 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 you are, and I'll give you an <laughs> IQ test if you need me. Right? And I was like, okay, because I always thought I wasn't smart, I was just like intuitive. Uh-huh. And I got to this place that I'm at because I can, you know, I don't know, right. know, anyway. So at 40, after Seeger came, I was losing my mind with mm. having a business and having a baby and went to see a psychiatrist and I was like, you know, whatever it takes, I don't care. I need and need a place that I can manage. So he was like, oh, I think you have ADHD. Mm. And then we did all these tests and it was negative. And he's like, that's okay. You know, try this medication and, uh, you know, you'll, it'll work mm. and you'll see. And it didn't, it was a crazy, I didn't sleep for like four days and then, um, so we started doing these like brain mapping. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know know much about it. So he learned that I have learning disability, LD versus ADHD. Okay. So that made a lot of sense. Sure. You know, you have a high IQ, you can figure out things, you know, that you can't actually like learn, quote, on top.
0: Right. But your learning is just a different method in different ways than the the textbook kind of ways.
1: And I wanted to do a public service announcement, so here we are. (laughs) 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 If you think your kid has ADHD, maybe they just have LD. Right.
0: And there can be ways to look at it and have language for it and address it to be able to. I don't know what that would have been for Mm -hmm. me, Did your parents kind of have any like clues? I was such a punk. They just it was really hard to get in
1: and figure out, you know, like what was (laughs) actually wrong and if it was me rebelling or if it was me actually not being able to or whatever. Yeah.
0: Sure. So they kind of like didn't have the that awareness. But I had
1: the support. My mom was always championing and all of us. So
0: yeah. So you kind of didn't finish high school.
1: Well, I went to the last day, but okay, you know, as far as like the grades to get you out.
0: Okay, fair enough. And then did you have any, like, thoughts about the kind of the path forward? Like, were you into anything? Were you into hair, hair at the hair. Time, I was going time? to hair no matter what. Oh, you weren't, okay. Since, like, third grade. So tell me about that journey. Um, well, my goodness. So, you
1: know, forever I knew I was going to be a ha- hair hairdresser. So okay. I went to... I mean, the journey to get to alchemy or the journey to get to hair?
0: To, yeah, let's do, from your first, like, realization that hair was the, the, and then into, up to alchemy. Well, as a privileged
1: child, as a daughter of a dentist, I get to go to school where I want to go to school, right? Right. And I'm like, my sibling are going to go away to college. So I'm gonna go away to college. So I found this mm. school in New Orleans. Oh, me and my best friend ran away to New Orleans in the middle of senior year. I think it was. And okay. I fell in love with it, and so I was like, found a school there that was reputable, and Did I talked my parents, parents in. into.
0: Okay, your no, parents like,
1: knew where you were. Well, I left like a note. It was crazy.
0: Anyway. <laughs> okay let's I want to hear it let's hear the story so So you ran away to New Orleans you found a school well I didn't find a school till later but I had a really good time in New Orleans so I was like
1: I want to go back there okay so when I was looking for schools I was looking there so um yeah so I found the school John Jay I don't even know if it exists anymore but then I got you know, after the last day of high school, I got in really big trouble. I got stranded in Tampa. and Yikes. Dad had to put me up. So they were like, you can't go. You're not responsible enough to go away. So they canceled everything, like the school, the apartment, all that oh, stuff. Crap. So then I went here. And in um, my journey to be inspired, you know who we're talking about sevens are constantly looking for what is gonna turn them on yeah okay so um
0: the adventure
1: the adventure yeah so i was like somehow some way when i was in hair school here in orlando i heard about these workshops in london and that's where like Ooh. the best of the best are so like was like, that was my Sassoon? goal huh soon? tony and guy yeah. sorby sorbet i don't know sorbet is ice cream wait Right. Anyway, Trevor Sorby. Sorby. Okay. Um. So, yeah, there was, like, all these masters in, in the this one place in the world. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to go. So I, you know, after I started working, saved my money. Plus, like I said, I was, like, had parents that could support me. And that was going to be my education. Right. right. You know, my brother gets to go to med school. I can go to get my master's in London. Yeah. yeah I just, like, and so... Yeah. So, um, I worked until I was about 21 in hair, in hair. Okay. Saving money to be able to go to London. So I went Got there it. for a couple months and trained under all these people and right. came back. And that's where, you know, I was like, I went every year for like 10 years. So I would come back and then people would come to get, years you know, are learning. Yeah. Like, yeah in Orlando in like 1989, it wasn't the place where you found the most creative hair. So there was only like a couple few of us in the whole entire central Florida area that could
0: Get be a good creative
1: with Sorry. hair in that way. So yeah, it also really eventually inspired alchemy because mm. I would watch these people collaborating while they're teaching us. And I'm like, that's the way I want to work. Mm. You know, I want to work with other people who are like, into what they're doing and they're talking to me about what they're doing and I'm talking about what I'm doing and we get to like evolve what we're doing just by just being there and working. Right. That's so such
0: an incredible like formative age to be in London like at that time. In 89? In yeah. 80, yeah, in the 80s and then to be able to um, have it at such a young age and like you were a sponge to be able to like soak up all of that knowledge and like in your craft you said... I can see where my craft, you know, I can see where my path is going, you know, at such a young age to say, that's where I want to go. That's where, who I want to be. And then like in a roundabout way, I mean, life takes us sometimes on these little detours or whatever as humans, but then you kind of stuck to that path of saying like, I want to be a hairdresser and finding the best people and soaking all of that up. I mean, I, at the time that I opened Alchemy, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go. I can't be
1: here in Altamont Springs. I'm going to go to New York. At the time, LA was doing really creative things too. I mean, I'm sure they are, but it's changed. Okay. Um, So New York or Los Angeles and, you know, like be around more creatives or I can open a space and have make your, all the creatives will find us. Right. Right. And then we'll all be together. Right. Here in Orlando. So,
0: when was that, what year was that? 98. 98.
1: Is when Alchemy started? Yeah.
0: That's the year I graduated from high school. Yeah. Yeah, all right, 98. So that's a long time. Yeah. That's a long, long time. Yeah. To be doing Alchemy? Sure, yeah. yeah. To, to be running successful business. I was business.
1: talking to this, um, Oh. I call twenty-something-year-olds kids now, but I was talking to one yesterday,
0: and we were. Am I talking too much? This is literally the reason you're here. Okay, this is wonderful. <laughs> I want okay, more. Cool. Um, what were we talking about? You were talking. You were talking to a kid. You're. I was just saying that you've had Alchemy for a long time. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Business. So at the beginning, and the beginning is
1: 15 years before Seeger, mm-hmm. right? At the beginning, it was like when I would meet an artist, you know, in hairdressing, it didn't matter who they were. I wanted to work with them, right? So there were many years of me like, and you know, like I live for knowing like to experience life with artists like Mm -hmm. you talk about adventure, right so um one artist i can mention is billy dill i don't know have you ever been to knock knock like no way back in the day Uh -uh. okay before that he owned a clothing store and then but there was this person who's now in la designing shoes who was constantly doing like wild crazy artistic things okay in Orlando um do you remember the go
0: lounge were you here then so I moved in 2000 to Orlando so I've been here for 20 plus years yeah so 2000 yeah I don't remember the go I also lived for the early years you weren't hanging out downtown in 2000 no because I lived uh out by UCF so I lived in, I like hardly into, and then I moved. So to, there was this coffee shop called Yab-Yam. Yeah, no. In Wall Street. Okay. I mean, that's where like
1: freaks would hang out before it was Wall Street. Okay. So there was this coffee shop, the Globe, Globe. right? Yeah. Singapore's. No, No, the, no. No. Bef- way before that. But anyway, the Globe was, I think it was yab Yum before that. So yab Yum okay. was this coffee shop and then they turned it into this, um, Little uh, place you could see shows. And I mean, little, like, this room plus that room. Okay. Right? Uh Hole in the wall? Yeah, so they would do fashion shows. They put a bus in it, and they would do, like, fashion shows. And my friend Billy brought all the homeless guys downtown and put them in these, like, clothes. Oh, and that was fab. his... That was his fashion show. Yeah. Anyway, just, like... So, anyway, knock on... I can't remember why I was talking about that. You oh, were, like, finding artists. Finding artists. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So... You know, I did a lot of, uh, you know, artists can be self-destructive. They could be, you know, like, um, uh, it's never good enough or whatever. So I Mm -hmm. found so much joy in Mm -hmm. working with these brilliant people Mm -hmm. and like going through their journey with them. Mm -hmm. The adventure was us creating together. And then I could be there to support them through this process. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually you can't, but actually alchemy just kept growing Yes, because everybody that worked there was an apprentice first. Mm -hmm. So, these artistic kids would come in and be under work under us, grow up with us, and then become the people that inspired us.
0: Right? I think that's also pretty unique in what kind of like sets alchemy apart too is like that and you're investing so much. So they're really, really formed. They're not just going to hair school and then getting a job at a salon. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're getting the foundations there, but then they're really getting the hands-on Practice for for like a really good amount of time until Mm -hmm. they can really springboard until they're ready to be the top designers. You know, or
1: yeah, yeah. I have a the first apprentice I ever worked with owns the raddest salon in New York called Headdress. Like, left Orlando, Mm -hmm. did hair at a couple really. Awesome places in New York, and then did her own, and it's so good.
0: That's amazing. I know. I know.
1: And it's not just about like doing hair at Alchemy. It's like you can leave the apprenticeship and go do hair anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that's what we're 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 there to get them to the level they could be at Alchemy or anywhere,
0: right? So it's beyond really yeah. incredible. Um, one question before I move on. So, I mean, I've only known alchemy. So like the first part that I knew was on Edgewater. Mm -hmm. So did it originate there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it started there in 1998 Mm -hmm. and then, wow. So it was there for almost 20 years.
1: Yeah. But it started as like a three person hair salon in that big building. Right. Which Eventually was like,
0: like 40 of us in 1400 square
1: feet for this space. (laughs) It's ridiculous.
0: That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah to grow it it was fun for a while like really fun sure and then amazing that you also found this space down on Bumpy Mm -hmm. just did a rad job to thank you reno that building and that cool talk about about adventure talk about adventure woo woo (laughs) (laughs) two years I love it two years damn that's crazy I would love to talk about another adventure of adoption Mm. and like how tell me kind of that process and Getting seeker and how that kind of impacted your life and all the things.
1: How well, I've always wanted to be a mom, Mm -hmm. never wanted to be a business owner. Um, (laughs) really, yeah, oh, cool,
0: yeah, I still want to be a mom.
1: Okay, great. Well, we can totally talk about this. So, at about 42, I was like, okay, this thing that I'm thinking is gonna happen, like family, husband, kids, blah, 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 uh-huh. maybe it will. But at the same time, I, if I keep waiting for this thing to happen, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to age out. So I'm going to go and get myself pregnant <laughs> on your own. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, so I actually have a yeah. friend I talked to. I'm like, let's like, you know, have a baby. I went happen? and saw, <laughs> um, <clears throat> A reproductive doctor. Okay. She sends me to like a therapist to make sure I'm like emotionally equipped or whatever. Cause she does that with all her patients. Yeah. And, um, the doctor had, I wish I could find this doctor. I've called this therapist. She had three adopted kids and girls and three natural. Hmm. And I was like, you know, remember I was telling oh. you I'm a hairdresser so I can get anyone to talk? Right. So I'm getting this woman to talk to me about it. And I'm like, well, tell me the difference, right? And she's like, there's no difference in the love I have for my adopted child, mm-hmm. children and my natural. It's the same. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after I left, I was like, well, sounds like more natural for me to actually adopt. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I always had this like preconceived notion that I would, you know, to see your spawn is or that your like genetics within someone makes the bond or something. But you know, she was telling me from experience it wasn't yeah. true. So, I went and saw a local adoption agency and found that the the process for me wasn't a good fit. Okay? Right? Like, I have many clients who have been through that process and have had successful adoptions, but typically you, if this is, well, typically you will pay for the pregnancy and they can change their mind. Another uh, thing is, you you know, this is why I chose international.
0: Okay. Um, if you're going to get like a baby, baby, like a newborn. What about it? No, I'm just, I was just saying, like, for for domestic, like, you would pay for their... Oh, and they pay pick their... you.
1: So, if you're a single mom... Right. Like, you, you go through an agency, and then you make a book about yourself and your family, right? Mm-hmm. So, truth, you know, here's this family, and, you know, they have this beautiful home to offer the child, and mm-hmm. a brother and a sister, and I have me. You know, like, who's going to pick the single mom?
0: Hopefully some, they sh- should, someone. <laughs> right? There's so much love to give. You have, like, this child would be the... They told me they it would take a give, lot longer. Give you the all the attention. They told me it would take but a anyway, lot longer. Okay.
1: And that it could be, like...
0: I don't know.
1: I'm Not very good at, like, uh... Knowing what not to say.
0: All right. Say what <laughs> so, you want. Um...
1: Yeah, they just was a, they they were like, you know, could be like a man hater who mm. you know, there's like a different kind of person who is picking the single mom. So I decided international. Okay. And my mom knew somebody who had just adopted from Ethiopia. So and when I spoke to her, she was like, They are they regard children so highly there mm-hmm. that you don't have the um you know you don't have the the same you know issues growing up with bonding and different things that other countries may mm-hmm. have so um that's what I did and it was was it the as most weird? amazing thing that's ever happened in my life for sure yeah
0: was it a pretty smooth process as far as like international adoption? It was for me. What were they They've looking for? They've closed Ethiopia to adopting though. Okay. So did you get to kind of find seeker? Did they match you? Oh
1: yeah. You they, like it's kind of like you're in line
0: with you're who's in line. next. Oh, ah, okay. So it's like so it's fate. Like he's the one that was ready at that time. huh And then you got chosen to be paired with him. Mm-hmm. And then,
1: and then I actually went there and stayed
0: in I Ethiopia.
1: Uh huh. Well, I went for like like a month okay. to meet him and get to know him a little bit, and then um, you're legally their parent. Okay. At that point, in Ethiopia, not America. So I came home. Yeah. And a friend of mine helped me raise money to go back for three months to be with him. (laughs) That's so generous. Yeah, well, it was like, it was like, I don't don't remember. It was like a, you know, like a GoFundMe kind of thing. Yeah. Ryan Marshall, he used to have this uh, this blog called Pacing the Panic Room.
0: And It was super
1: popular. Okay. And he just put it out there to everybody, you know? Hey, and then all these people like responded. gave little bits of money, and my friends, my family, and everybody. Yeah, and then I was able to just go and stay.
0: And it was so generous, so
1: rad. I love that. that. Until you know, and there were loops, and I got an apartment in Ethiopia with this other person who was adopting, and it was taking a really long time for her. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. So I lived there, and then you know I let mm-hmm. him stay. In the home that he was at with the women, you know, and I would take him during the day and then eventually I would bring him home at night. Yeah. And then we would just spend days there together, the orphanage, so that he was familiar with the people
0: and then, and maybe, then you were getting greedy into him. his yes. life. How exactly. old was he when you first were eight months is when we met? Okay. So yeah. pretty pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Under a year. So he was almost a year when you brought him home? hmm yeah. Eleven months, yeah. Okay. And then how's that been since 11 months? Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. People
1: are like, oh, he's so lucky. I'm like, really? I'm so lucky. Right. He's
0: brilliant. He's beautiful. He's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think how lucky, even for myself, like, if I ever, you know, get to that place to, to adopt, it's like, Here's a kid who is going to have kind of most of all of your attention and most everything that you can pour into like him having a healthy opportunity at life. Mm-hmm. Well, you learn through parenting,
1: not necessarily just adoptive parenting, I'm sure, but every fucked up part about yourself. Sure. You're looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've taken on an adventure in knowing myself through this.
0: <laughs> don't we all healing myself healing yourself, <laughs> right and that's that's a beautiful part of it uh-huh. that you've been able to have with having a son yeah mm-hmm. in Orlando is most of your family around so they can be a part of that yeah cousins like, family? grandparents yeah it's yes. amazing okay
1: that is and it's really one of the things that keeps me here it's the only thing other than alchemy mhm is his cousins basically yeah yeah it really sense. means a lot to him
0: yeah family does mm-hmm. and as we as I've grown older older like that's something that i see is incredibly important yeah being able to be an auntie this episode of cocktails in conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table, or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, We can create a custom, memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area, haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So, so as yeah. we grow and grow, Where are you in the process? Of what? Um, of having adapting. a kid? Um, I, I think about it. I thought or like do you own. want to have your own? Um, Technically, I would love to have my own. I'm 40. Oh. Uh, yeah, i be 41 this year. And so... I've always, yeah, I've always wanted a family. I've always, for me, I've always wanted a husband and a partner in that way. Um, And that's something that hasn't happened in my life and kind of the same, in the same boat of like, I'd really love to have my own family and I'd love to have a kid and I've always wanted to personally be pregnant and that might not be my journey, you know, at this point. There's a lot of ways to get pregnant though right? Yeah. I mean, but for me personally, very honestly, like I kind of also just never really wanted to be pregnant without a partner. Mm. And so that was something hmm. that has kind of been in my mind for a long time in that way. Cause I, I'm sure I get pregnant, but it's not like I wanted kind of that, Feel that experience to be shared with somebody and then if that's not going to be part of my story um then there's so many kids that i also feel like would love a, a loving home and love the attention of you know a mom that would love them you know and bring them into a safe place and so that's something that i've given like a lot of thought to and haven't landed anywhere yet specifically but it's something that I'm. Getting it's
1: fun every once in a while i'll be reminded that he's adopted, but Mm. I mostly don't Mm -hmm. think about it or know it ever. It's pretty trippy.
0: Yeah, and I've had friends too also that have adopted and seeing that process and seeing how they're integrated into their families and just, it's not not any different, right? That's totally just, Mm -hmm. they're in the family. They do a gotcha day, but then other than that, it's like totally seamless and the love level is the same. And I feel that would be the same for me too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, things that I definitely have thought about, and I think that there's so many kids that would love a loving spot to land, right? I'm yeah. not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. You're not a perfect mom, but no parent is also going to be perfect in in that space. So, pick your poison, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> but. What a beautiful thing to, to open a home and to be, to, to love somebody, you know, as fully as you can. And so many kids need love. And so, and we all need love. We all need like, as like adults, we need love and we want to, at least I want to have a family unit and I love my family. Like we're not perfect, but I've also always desired also to have my own family unit, but we'll see kind of how that unfolds mm-hmm. but it is getting <laughs> you know top more top of mind as i get older so um as we journey through life also we kind of uh make our own ways and um navigate things and life happens to us and there's things that we can't control um but was there any time in your life that you felt like um was like a more challenging time or maybe like a hard um season or was there anything like like when my dad passed away that was something that was a really incredibly low time for me and so during going through that and then coming out on the other end and I mean it's still part of my story but has there ever been a season that kind of was like a really tough one for you and then kind of like how did you move out of that move through that
1: Well, this pandemic
0: kicked my ass. Mm -hmm. Right? Really. Mm -hmm. Like, I
1: I was really like some low points Mm -hmm. for me. And coming out of it, it's pretty high. Mm. Um, And um, I think, I mean, really, the other lowest was, you know, just starting alchemy. So I feel like I'm kind of starting
0: over. Starting over?
1: Yeah, yeah. In, in that same way. It took, it was a lot quicker recovery this time. You know, like, cause I never really thought of myself as opening a, a, like, business owner. I never, I always just wanted to be a hairdresser. You know, and when I opened Alchemy, it was really just like, I wanna work with other artists. How can I stay in Orlando and do that?
0: it because wasn't business like, owner is completely holy yeah it was you are doing so many hats you're wearing so many hats versus your one creative no hat. interest in that none so you know
1: to be going through this adventure uh-huh. right? It's probably why i stayed because it is like a wild ride um and finding myself a few years in with employees and not wanting to be a quitter, like wanting to see it through, but <laughs> hating the job. Right. Right. So I was there, there Yeah. At, after alchemy started and then feeling like I lost everything, mm. you know, while we were quarantined and then coming back to it, you know, like people didn't want to come back to work and people went, you know, and after collecting the PVP started their own thing, I... Um, or you know the way we came back in kind of desperate measures they weren't really you know it didn't work for them the way we were coming back so they left so it was like literally like half the staff didn't come back and then right being true as true as I've ever been to the vision which is like artists alchemy being the artist in Orlando mm-hmm. it built itself it's freaking awesome! <laughs> I'm like I'm so relieved, right? You know, because I I look around now and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is what it always
0: was meant to was be. Was meant to be. Yeah, pretty cool.
1: That's
0: so it's amazing. Has there been ever um, something a season or or milestone, or has there ever been a moment that you kind of looks back with pride on your career or, or on your life to say yeah. like? I did this. I've worked really hard. I've invested so much. I'm so proud that I've this. Yes, there made, was a time made this. Made this I
1: remember happen. a time, and I was surfing every day.
0: Where? Melbourne. Uh, New Smyrna. Co- New Smyrna. Okay. I was
1: like teaching myself to surf at sunrise every day, and I was Oof. like, I come to the beach. I by yourself. Um, I met a girl who lived there who wanted okay. to learn. So I would go meet her every day at sunrise and we would surf together every morning. Whoa. So I, um, yeah, that I would come back to work. I'd get to work at noon and I'd look around and be like, everyone here is so cool. You know, mm-hmm. I'm actually coming to work with like the coolest kids in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I was like, couldn't believe it. Cause it wasn't ever meant to be like this Big booming business, and uh, it was. And so I was. I remember thinking, "Whoa, this is so cool." Yeah, you know. And then it starts growing, and then it becomes more challenging.
0: Right. You know, and it hasn't, creating a growing, space so it hasn't. That been. you love to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge testament to creating a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're proud of, like the outcome of like what yeah. your business is, and I think is, it is has about. to do
1: with management too. If you think about it, like they were like running it, like this guy Peter, he was there 13 years. Okay, he's now actually, um, he's kind of like you know he left to uh, move to Sarasota. Okay, did you ever know Peter and Trish?
0: I don't think so. She was
1: like this brilliant artist that worked at Alchemy and okay. her husband, who became her husband while they were working at Alchemy. Um, the best. she introduced me to him. And that's how he became a part of Alchemy. Okay. And then for 13 years we all worked together. And eventually they got married and have kids and but he got me and got it and elevated it to levels I could never have done myself.
0: That is such a beautiful moment and a beautiful story. And to, like you said, it's like finding people that get you and then saying like, this is the vision that we want. And these are the things that we want to offer to our community and then being able to find that good working relationship. And like, we're going to talk about, of course, like understanding people, knowing people, but when you find people that get it and get you, and then knowing how to, make things run smoothly and have the honest communication. Like, that honest, open line of communication is gold, right? Without that, it's, it's much more challenging mm-hmm. in that way. So, it's beautiful to have it was. a partner for 13 years in, in that business endeavor. So, running a small business is hard. <clears throat> it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some days you're like, I want to Throw the towel. And like, other days you're like, and it, I get as to do it's this. growing,
1: it's amazing. Then it gets to a certain part and it's a mm. like you're starting over. Mm-hmm. You can't exist in the same way you have. So mm-hmm. you don't wanna, you know, if the goal is brilliant hair and inspired people, how do you do that as it grows? You have to that has to come first. Reinvent it, right? Yeah. You have to reinvent how you approach it in keeping the same. Vision.
0: Absolutely. Woo. Yeah. Because we're not the same person we were five years ago. We're not the same person 10 years ago. We're not, you know, like we're always evol- you're evolving better. Yeah. yeah evolving are all, in all evolving and life evolves, and right? Business has to evolve. Figuring out how to like make your business evolve with kind of like where, where you were at day one. It's not going to be where you are at day or, you know, year 10 or year whatever. You, you, like... other thing is people were there for
1: 15 years. Quite a
0: few of them. Right. That's a family.
1: And really into the way it was. Mm. So as it evolves, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you got to like, they're either with how it evolves in it with you. Mm. That's really, really challenging, too, those because you want to be, you know, you want to be loyal to these people who have been loyal to this company and to this vision. Yeah. Um, but if you don't evolve, you fail. Mm. So
0: that's hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And sometimes heartbreaking.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. As a business owner, sometimes that is part of the reality of doing your business, which is, it's on you because you're the owner, right? The buck stops there. So sometimes that is the hard part that you have to live with and deal with and grow with and loss and gain and kind of all those things. But um, I just want to thank you for like who you are in like our community and just like I've known you probably better for the past couple years but I've been in Orlando for 20 years you know so I've known about alchemy for for a long time but I just always value the people that are making Orlando Orlando and just the the capacity for creatives in the city that are doing unique things you know and I think alchemy lends so much of that culture to Orlando in the ways that you've built it and grown it and all the amazing stylists that have come out of it and that you've worked with and I feel like still 20 years in like keeping that openness to
1: I have to say it's like a lot of the people who I mean I hope I've mentioned um you know that have kept it an adventure and kept it a moving forward adventure and me inspired that's what it's all about really mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all the people that have come in and out of it all keep me in it. You know what
0: I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really not me in the end. But part of it is you, and part of it is you having the vision for it. And then also, like, people don't know all that it takes to be the business owner and to keep the wheels spinning and the plates turning and the paying the rent and keeping the GM happy. And, you know, they it is, <laughs> yeah. it is the... Uh, the behind the scenes that you haven't given up on and that you continue to invite artists into that space and I think that that is a beautiful addition to Orlando so I thank you for for keep on doing what you're doing right and so like not leaving because there's so many beautiful talented friends that I've had that have also left for so many other places and that's also a loss and a heartbreak but people that are investing here to make Orlando what it is is like making the city beautiful. And so we all get to participate in that and Alchemy has been part of that and you've, you know, also yes. brought a lot of beauty. Enjoy. And great here. Great here. Yeah. yeah. Great people. Um so we're going to move into one of my absolute favorite oh, things whatever. to talk about. No, <laughs> <my> <laughs> Is the Enneagram. Oh, we're okay. getting there. We're getting there. The Enneagram, as you kind of dug into recently and um, maybe as we learn kind of more about ourselves, like we were talking about just being like the capacity to understand ourselves better and knowing what health looks like, knowing what unhealth looks like when we're stressed out. How does that manifest? You um, can tell, tell me to study my Enneagram or I totally <laughs> would <want> to. <laughs> have. Well, I mean, you know, some of the basics of it, you know, your number. So your number you would say, and I would say too, would be seven, a seven. Absolutely. With an eight wing. So seven, the enthusiast, you love life and are excited and you want to do all the things and be with all the people and experience and plan and have a great grand adventures Right? Yeah. And then with an eight wing, which obviously I identify with. And so also being able to see the vision of what is not yet, but what can be. And then being able to bring people along with you to say, there could be something beautiful that no one's ever done before. And here's how we're going to get there. And we're going to do it together, hopefully, graciously and generously. (laughs) But (laughs) it is a huge thing to have a vision. And to be able to communicate that to people and invite them into that journey and then to be excited about all the things along the way. But I think having the for me, the Enneagram was giving me a lot of language to say Oh, here's some things that maybe I need to look at in myself. Like you were talking about a mirror. Obviously, parenting is a mirror. And then other things, ways of knowing how to, to own our own stuff, right? The shadow work that we do of looking at maybe our blind spots and looking at things that maybe we were not aware of. All with the intention. Yeah, like let's say somebody...
1: I mean, I don't really... I haven't really dove into many of them at all like I right. said I just got all of us like numbered <laughs> and then I'm like I'll sit on it for a minute sure let everybody do what they want with it but I know in the past it's like you know how does this not inspire you you know like you know if, if it's adventurous and if it's new
0: mm-hmm.
1: new is fun like why are you intimidated by this process it's fun you're learning you're becoming better uh-huh and so to approach everybody in that way, right, is like unhealthy
0: for some. They may just kind of, we were saying the motivation, they may have a different view on life that like our view could be one way and we see it as like a challenge. It's like, great, okay. But then other people may view it in an incredibly different way. Yeah, my poor
1: kid. <sighs> my, you know, like, I'm like, how could you not want to go ride motocross? Come on. It's like,
0: right. But people have different, you know, places that they're coming from and different motivations and different fears and shame. (gasps) And, you know, like we experience life (gasps) so differently. How do you feel like the Enneagram, maybe even just like, Touching on it as you have, like, have, have you seen any ways that like professionally that, that would kind of help you to oh my gosh, yeah. interact with your staff? Yeah.
1: Again, I mean, I said my kid, but there's also some really, I don't want to say fearful, but like when I was talking to one of them the other day who mentioned, you know, I get really overwhelmed, she said, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, wow, like I wouldn't think of this part of our work as overwhelming. You know, I think of it as fun, mm-hmm. but if I think from her perspective and I'm approach it with compassion, mm-hmm. then, um, it's not really fair the way I approach it. And it's right. not really compassionate at all. Expecting her Whoa. to be in.
0: Whoa. On the same level as. Yeah. Or inspired life. by what I'm
1: inspired by.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Or in the way that I'm inspired or. Mm
0: hmm. That's so good.
1: (laughs) I'm inspired by the challenge, you know, where (laughs) she might be inspired by the result and getting there is very overwhelming to her. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm learning a
0: lot. We're all learning a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of like, as you said, approaching things with compassion, I think is so incredibly important in remembering, you know, kind of our humanity in that. And then. I think the big, one of the big realizations for me is that we don't have the same ways of getting to places and the same language and the same fear. And some people experience anger, you know, like for me, um, you know, kind of my, my body reaction to things might be anger or someone else's fear. Mm -hmm. And so I need help, um, Understanding the other person's perspective that could be very different than mine. Incredibly different. So we have the same maybe the same issue and then we're both coming at from like incredibly Although when I'm fearful, uh huh,
1: I act angry. Mm. Because I don't get fearful much. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. when I do, it looks like anger, I think.
0: That's how it comes out. Mm-hmm. Right, because we're defensive. We want to be defensive about what we, what is not understood, what we don't understand, or what Judge we don't it. know. You talked about shame. You said uh-huh. Uh-huh. shame.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think it's uh, yeah beautiful to kind of like see when. All right, when I'm healthy, kind of get gives us some language when I'm healthy. Great, like I can like. Take that as a point of pride. Wow, I'm like working towards my best self. When I'm unhealthy, maybe this is what it looks like. And maybe for me, I need to be aware of that and, you know, take pay attention. Like when maybe some of these traits kind of bubble up in me. And so that gives me kind of these little warning signals to say, all right, you need to start to pay attention to these things because this is maybe your blind spots or, you know, a lot of times we don't want to look at the things that are Maybe the uglier parts of ourselves, but if we don't, then we never grow. And so, you being a seven, you can look at the spaces that say, "Yes, I love all the things. I want to be excited. I am the excited." But here's some other things that I need to also listen and pay attention to, and then have the awareness and compassion to interact with, you know, relationships, friendships, and then people that you know work work for you in that way. So I don't know. It's been really fun to kind of see the,
1: and parts of yourself really that you kind of don't necessarily understand. So you don't relate. So
0: you maybe judge and don't have compassion for. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is having compassion for yourself Mm -hmm. and to say, okay, and we're all journey uh, in a work of progress. Right. And so that's part of it. Um, and knowing that you're hopefully moving forward and that's the only goal whatever it is you know like sometimes two steps back but maybe there's a step forward and so being able to say like i want to work towards being the best version of me because there's only one of me and these are some things that i can knowingly work towards and, and offer a better version of myself Um, So speaking of offering a better, the best version of yourself, the last topic is rest, which is my favorite topic because I'm so passionate about it. And it's something that I don't think people do enough and talk about enough. And the the benefits of having a restful um, practice is insanely... As a business owner, it's like there's always more to do. There will always be... um, another thing or you can grow or you can whatever. And there's always emails or things to be answered. um, But there is such a beauty in the stepping back, taking time to play, to discover, to physically rest, to do the things that kind of like bring you joy and bring you to life. And like I said, like there's no, there doesn't have to be a measurable outcome. There can just be like, this is something that I'm just gonna do because I love it. What are some of those like practices for you or what are some things that really Unfortunately travel. Joy and rest. Unfortunately travel. I feel you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it has been really hard. Yeah. Really hard for me. Um for a couple reasons. Um when I was looking for this building, which took about five years. Wow. Um, because you know, we got this building, we got a contract on this building and for whatever reason, whether it be parking or change of use or all the different reasons why you can't go into it, we have to break the contract. Or we had a lease on this building cause I didn't care about owning it. I just needed the building. A bigger space. Right. So <clears throat> that took five years and then mm-hmm. we got in the building. You know, and in those five years we were actively looking and I was actively saving. So then we find the building and I had just bought and gutted that house that I was telling you.
0: Okay. By the way,
1: I didn't finish that story. (laughs) Right. I knocked on the guy's door. Okay. Because the realtor I was telling you, he never went. And it was like weeks and weeks, and I was like, I'm ready. Right. So and this is
0: the house that you're living in currently. Yes. Okay. That so does not have a kitchen for four years. <laughs> you're like, I need. Doesn't
1: the, have a kitchen for I four years. The
0: end of the story.
1: Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I gutted the house, like me and my kid, just sledgehammers and a friend of mine who um, knows electric so she could like keep it safe. Took out the ceiling, took out the walls, oh, took out the appliances, mm-hmm. and it was like a shell. Mm-hmm. Redid the terrazzo, pulled up all this disgusting carpet, yeah. and then found the building. So I had a gutted, you had yet two finished house. Projects. Like so now there's a ceiling, there's walls, everything's painted, terrazzo's done, yeah. and we find the building. No, there's not two projects. The building is now the project. Oh. I mean, I even had to put the house into the building to get Got to it. finish the project because it started as a building, but then putting the salon in there. Right. And making two buildings. One, it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually all the savings, the house, the everything goes into this project. Got it. Because you're halfway through and realize you can't do it with more, without more. So... Hence, no kitchen for four years. So I started with, okay, well, I'll do hot plates and a toaster oven and, you know, I have beautiful shelves that all the dishes are on. Right. I bought these two um, workbenches, like garage workbenches for our island. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And stools to go sit on them. So there's a, if you walked into the house, you wouldn't know there wasn't a kitchen. Okay. Right? It's, but, I mean, is there still not a stove? No. Well, oh. there's two hot plates. Two you hot know, plates. Like yeah. Okay. Induction hot plates. Anyway, so uh, I'm like, I'll build the salon up to where it needs to be to be paying these kind of bills. And then I'll build the kitchen. So then we had a pandemic. So it was So like,
0: during a pandemic, you had two hot plates.
1: Yeah, which is fine. I had been already doing it for two years while I was building the building out. Sure. Okay. You know, because I had to purchase the building. That took six months and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So I'm going to get a kitchen this year for sure.
0: Okay. Plans are in place. That's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I'll come over and cook in your kitchen. It'll be fun.
1: It's going to be a good one. Yeah.
0: So what so was tummy, the topic that got us here? Oh, the rest. rest right. Like so I haven't really
1: things... traveled.
0: So rest is really the way that you
1: travel is rest. Okay. Because then I'm disconnected. You're detached. Right? But like I don't get a night's sleep without waking up and, you know, going, oh, I need to go I need to email this person or like literally okay. six nights a week. I Ooh. wake up like that. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, you know, this person needed this and they told me about it and I need to make sure to communicate that or,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. I feel, I, I understand and feel you on that level. Are there any ways that like you feel even in your weekly routine or like what would be something that you feel like, this is a release for me or this is fun for me or this is planting a time plants. that I can- yeah, Planting plants. Check out planting plants. Yeah, yeah. digging yeah. holes. Digging beds,
1: raking, Mm -hmm. weeding—so yard work in general.
0: If you had one day for yourself, twenty-four hours, an ideal day of rest, it could be here, it could be anywhere. You could travel, you could be alone, you could be with people. Twenty-four hours. What would be a dream day of just you having a ball, having the best day, having a rest day? I would. Take my mountain bike kay. and go to Ocala, kay. Santos,
1: which is a off road bicycle, and I spend like familiar, yeah. four or five hours okay. riding a four bicycle through the woods. Yes, okay. And then stop for- at a little diner called Fruitland Park Cafe that a friend of mine owns and coming home and doing yard work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That would be your
0: day. And, and if rest. it's in the
1: summer, yes. I will float in the pool and watch the bats at night.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. end. Heck, yeah. Sounds like a delightful day. hmm hmm You get your body moving. You get out of your body. You get just into breathing fresh air. You're eating something probably delightful mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And then soaking. Soaking and relaxing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Those are my day. Good. Those are your day. That's your day. Okay. Oh. oh. I would take that day. All right. Well, I'll I let you, you know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was him out riding my bike this weekend. I was like, I need Have to. you ever been off-road? No, I don't think so. Not much.
1: I mean, a tar- there's a track on Coy Road, you know, where Ace is on Colonial.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they yeah.
1: built like an off-road bicycle in the woods. And somebody did such a beautiful job because it's just this few acres. Okay. And it goes like this. So all you're seeing is woods and it's like takes like 20 minutes to do it. And you're going around
0: here on Koi
1: and Colonial. Yes. You go down Koi and it dead ends into a parking lot, which turns into this big open area and there's like a dog park. Okay. And then next to the dog park is this pump track. So this is in the
0: middle of Audubon almost Mm -hmm. like Colonial. -hmm. Colonial Yeah.
1: So pump track track. is one of those tracks that you ride your bike over these bumps. Well, behind that is a big wooded area. If you go off to the right, there's a little entrance and it is awesome. Right in the middle of the city. Never heard of this. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this. That's crazy. Druid. Drew, Lake Druid Park.
0: Okay. I'll have to look it up. It's, I love learning new things about the city I live in. hmm I love it. So as we wrap up, are there any, um, is there any, like, word of wisdom or MO or mantra that you kind of try to live your life by? Oof. <laughs> Ish.
1: right now it's like okay. it's not even that uh i mean i'm always on a journey mm. and i'm gonna always improve so i have to forgive myself and others i guess
0: that's a, yeah, a beautiful one all right thanks that's the one <laughs> where would we find you and your businesses like online if you want to find out about what you're doing uh alchemy orlando on instagram okay that's the spot to find you.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a website, uh, AlchemyOrlando.com, uh-huh. but uh, and I'm I do the Instagram myself. Actually. You do? Yes, I just pick the best hair from all the hairdressers at Alchemy. I pick. I go and I find. You know, I find the best hair and uh-huh. I just put it on there, and it's like look at all this beautiful work. Yes. Yes. So that's selling itself. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's what we do. That's what, what I'm so proud it. of. Yeah. And so that's where you see it.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks. Yeah. Sharing a drink and what? some stories and all the things. Mm-hmm. So until next time. Yeah. It's been great. Let's Thanks bike. Here. Let's bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm into it. I love it. Thanks woman. It's been fun. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you a million times over for listening to cocktails and conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate comment and subscribe for more cocktails and conversations.